Midlife. I'm Dean Wilson. I'm so glad you're with us wherever you're joining us. If you're watching us on TV here in Santa Barbara, California, we welcome you uh, at TVSB. And so many of you join us from around the world at goodlifetelevision.org and the YouTube channel and all these different social media platforms. And we welcome all of you. Just And, and many of you have found us at the podcast, which is Good Life Conversations. So you can search any podcast platform, Good Life Conversations, where you can listen to all the interviews. Uh, they're posted, I think, daily. There's, there's new posts. And on the YouTube channel, you can subscribe to Good Life Television SB is the channel, I believe. I think that's right. Good Life Television SB. And, uh, and subscribe there so you can get notified when there's new videos. There's like 500 videos on there already, and we've just started that in the last year or so. Um, and it's been fantastic to see the growth, and so we hope you'll join us there. Good Life Television is presented by Bunnin Chevrolet. We're so grateful for our friends at Bunnin, Leo and company. So thank you. I'm so excited about my guest today. She's a good friend. She's the co-founder of Olive Crest Hope Refuge here in Santa Barbara, California, where we're sitting, and we'll talk about that. Sally Cook is with me. Good Sally. morning. Hello. Great to see you. Hey, thank you for having me. Uh, yes. It's, uh, so, so Sally is, as I mentioned, she has, she's had a wonderful career. She's been in media and she's done various things. Uh, most recently, her and her husband Chuck were our co-founders of Olive Crest Hope Refuge, which is a uh, residential program uh, for victims of trafficking. And so uh, that's been their journey for the last several years, and it was not an easy one. Do you reflect on that sometimes and just go, how do we make it? Oh, yeah. Always. <laughs> Always. It's actually healthy to reflect and go, wow, yeah. God can literally bring you through anything. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's yeah. a powerful thing when you've yeah. been down that road and then he came through in such a way yeah. that you got there. I mean, there must have been many times when you were on that journey mm -hmm. where you may have wondered, like, are we actually going to get there? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Dean, uh, yeah, countless times. Countless times of thinking, should we just turn around? Should we yeah. just stop, give up? Yeah. Um, the good thing is between Chuck and I, when we had our giving up moments, the other person was feeling really- <laughs> They were not correlated. Like, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, we got it yeah. really full of faith and hope, um, which I think keeps you going on the journey. Yeah. And it's the power of community. I really believe Two that. are better than one. Yeah. When Seriously. one falls down. Seriously. Yeah. There were days, I think towards the end, when, it was when we were in our darkest time, the most um, difficult time, there were definitely days um, where I thought, how am I gonna carry on? How yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to carry on. Yeah. And um, how does God enable us to persevere? I don't know. I can honestly look back and when people say so, you know, particularly those who were maybe more in the inner circle and saw the sort of inner struggle that um, particularly I was going through. How did you just keep showing up and leading everybody and keeping everyone going and uh, grace of God? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Seriously. It felt, you feel a bit like an imposter, I think, sometimes in those moments. Right, right. Well, I think leaders, I mean, that's why yeah. leadership can be so hard. It's yes. not, leadership is not about standing up in front, you know, but it's, I think it's mostly about showing up yeah. when I the chips are down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Showing up is yeah. just a big part of the deal. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and yeah, maybe sometimes you're pretending to be more happy than you actually yeah. are, yeah. but showing up is a big yeah. part of it. Well, and I realize I don't think it, you know, the imposter thing tells you you're pretending it's not really who you are 
there's something um, not true and authentic about the way you're being, which actually isn't what I was feeling, really isn't true. And I think it's the same for a lot of leaders. Actually, in these moments, I was making the choice. Right. That right. this moment matters. And as much as I'm struggling and I'm dealing with the, you know, all of the pressure that we were facing and everything that it was bringing up in me, I can still show up right. and God can still be strong, yeah. you know, and it's yeah. actually okay to be weak. Yeah. It's actually a really huge lesson I've learned. Wow, his grace really is sufficient in yeah. my weakness. And somehow I think we, when we say God's grace is sufficient, his strength is made perfect. We think we're just going to start to feel the strength and, right. oh, right. you know, no, you're still weak. You're still weak. <laughs> yeah, that's the, but yeah. he just shows up yeah. anyway. That's so good. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Amazing truth there. I, you know, Hope, Olive Crest Hope Refuge, Olive Crest, a wonderful organization, large organization based out of Southern California, and they've partnered on this uh, deal, and it's a fantastic thing that they have going. You may not know, for, for in terms of residential programs, beds for, for this, in this particular area, arena, there's not a lot of them. And this has been eye-opening for me to discover that just, and I kind of know why now. It's probably a combination of it's the regulatory environment is very tough, which probably for good reason at some level, but it's very difficult. Like the, the, this is very difficult in terms of a regulatory climate. But I think the biggest reason is because there's forces spiritually working against mm -hmm. stuff like this. Yeah. You know, talk about headwinds. Yeah. You want to, you know, would, would you speak to that? Yeah, well, I think trafficking as a whole, trafficking of minors, I mean, this is a big, big business here in America. Yeah. And it's dark. There's nothing light about it. I mean, even when you, I mean, I just think about the work we were doing in Africa, for example. You know, again, it's another, it's a hard area. There's darkness around poverty. But Africa's beautiful. Holding African babies is beautiful, you know. Right. Whereas in trafficking, it's tough because not even the girls think that they're victims. They don't self-identify. So you're, you know, when you're coming in to help, and um, address, give them time out, intervene. You're a bad guy because you're separating them from their pimp. So there's a journey. It's a huge journey. Um, but yes, it's. I mean, residential's tough because it's 24/7. It's not. They're not going home at the end of the day. Yeah. So and it's heavy, heavily regulated. So and I think you know what? There's people who are wired for that environment, um, particularly wired to do well and thrive amongst that kind of stressful, um, constant crisis kind of environment. And um, we have an incredible team. They are amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, startup in itself is hard. Yeah, any kind of startup. Yeah, so I think we had this perfect storm. We had a perfect storm. I, I mean, I, I don't want to talk people out of it because it is a set. We desperately need more residential facilities. Right. I mean. What are we saying? 325,000 a year are getting caught up in trafficking right. minors. And in 2014, the study was 511 beds with a particular program to serve this population. So we have a tsunami. And so where are these kids ending up? Well, they're ending up in our homeless population, psych wards, juvenile hall. So, I mean, really, we, we have a major issue on our hands that we, we need to be addressing. So, yeah. 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 So if you're thinking about doing a residential facility, we're not discouraging you. No. Do it. If God's yes. telling you to do it, yeah. do it. You can do it. Look at yes. She did it. They did it. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I applaud what you guys have done. I'm so I'm such a fan. And um, 
yeah, grateful for the for the mountain that you climbed by the grace of God to get there. Um, so Sally has written a book uh, that is wonderful. Here it is. It'll be up on your screen. What are you waiting for, God? Discover the beauty of hiddenness. Um, and, and Sally Cook is the author, of course. And so it's uh, it's fantastic. What a great question. And I think, man, I'm dealing with that question right now. <laughs> Several areas. Um, it's a, what's somebody going to find when they pick this up? I think they're going to find peace for themselves and find the Father, mm -hmm. the Father's heart for them in every season of life. Um, a lot of this came for me from the revelation around it was a particular season of my life when I felt particularly ready, particularly ready. Like, but I felt like I was in like 10% of my potential in my life. And um, God had done this incredible journey in my life. He brought me out into Hollywood, out into the media. We'd been, you know, it would have been a long journey getting there. And I was felt so ready. And yet I felt like I was in this holding pattern. And I couldn't understand what was going on. And there's a lot of stuff coming up in me. What is this? Have I done something wrong? Is, you know, what's in the way? What's the obstacle? Prayer more, fast more, or, you know, this striving mentality that we get into. And it was a, um, one morning in prayer time when I was just crying out to God, really. I was just having a deep time with him. And I just heard the Spirit say, Sally, is it enough to know that actually I didn't even move out into public ministry until I was 30 years old? And it was kind of like this dawning moment of, what? And then proceeded this period of my life of discovery of, what does that tell us about the Father's priorities? If the Son of God, if Christ right. was walking the earth, at 28 years old, okay, imagine being, right. what was Jesus doing at 28 years old? I mean, what was he Making doing? tables, I think, right? Was living life. Yeah getting, you know, what was he doing? I just think it's a question. I mean, we, we, we see a certain amount that we can deduct from the Bible. It doesn't give us a nice, you know, but that's the whole point. It's this relational discovery, I think, that we're in, that the Father's priorities are very different to ours. And, you know, Christ was, it says he was growing in favor with God and man. He was learning that, he was in the relational identity growth with his Father, therefore with himself and therefore with others. And it's just amazing. It was just a very freeing time for me to realize, wow, the, the Father's priorities for me in this season are different to mine. Yeah. And it's not about whether those dreams will or won't come about. You know, it's, it's really not about that. It's what's happening in me as a, in my relationship with him that is naturally going to flow out into the world. And we live in a world where we like, we want it now, you know, particularly I was, you know, I've, I've, a lot of my backgrounds in charismatic Christianity and it's all about now and faithing it in, seeing the kingdom come and, you know, just I've got a bit of an A-type personality and I want to see <laughs> results and I want to see things move and um, do all, does, does God want the kingdom to come? Absolutely. But it's first and foremost in our hearts. He's got this, his heart is for us to be fully relationally connected to our Father and identity to be so secure in that, that everything rolls out of that. And so that book really has just got a lot of chapters on some perspectives, you know, pulling people back to say, hey, this is just not all about you. Yeah. <laughs> and because when I started to look at every single character, Dean, in the Bible, there's not one character that we would all, you know, that we're all looking at in the Bible, we all have our different favorites, 
that has not had significant seasons of waiting. Another way of looking at it is maybe being hidden. You know, for me, it felt like being hidden. Um, but where they're waiting, and they're waiting for promises to be fulfilled, they're waiting for God to, to see what God, you know, had said that he was going to do, do, you know. Yeah. Um, for things and promises for their own lives, promises for the Israelites, promises for um, their prayers being answered. And so, yeah, it's, yeah. we all go through those seasons. Joseph. And it's, Joseph is a prime example of someone actually who, who actually ended up thriving and was able to make it through to the other side. Because you can see that in these times, we're very, this is where things can come and we can end up taking diverts, you know. Yeah. I mean, God will work with us wherever we go, <laughs> the beauty of him. But you can see with the Israelites, there was a whole generation that didn't go into the promised land. Very similar to Joseph, extended time of waiting. A lot of the opposite happening that they thought was going to happen, a lot of disappointment, a lot of discouragement. Um, yet Joseph seems to hold. Mm -hmm. So what is the difference there? You know, yet when the Israelites had their opportunity um, and God shows them, he literally takes them in. They get to go and see, why didn't they go? And for me, I, I've kind of, I mean, I kind of unravel a little bit of that in the book, but um, I think it's about hope. Yeah. And I think with the mumbling and the groaning, when your heart grows harder and harder and harder, you start to lose hope. And what is faith? It's the substance of things hoped for. So when they actually were facing their promised land, the Israelites, and there they are, they've got this amazing land before them that God has told them is theirs. With all the giants and everything else that's in it, you know, there they are facing it. They didn't have that hope for faith to arise from. They lost it. Mm. And mumbling and groaning and complaining is a key way of getting the heart hardened to hope yet with Joseph we see he was able to remain yeah and that and that's our relationship with him it's like if we don't if we're not if that relationship with the father is not continually what's growing us in our identity you're not gonna you're gonna you know hard times and struggles will try and reason through our own head and you, you can't do that that's not going to leave you with hope. That's going to leave you with discouragement and dismay and despair even. Um, so it doesn't mean those feelings That's don't true. arise. It's what we do with them really yeah. that matters. Well, this is a good word for me. I'm receiving this right now. <laughs> Live television, I'm receiving this. That's good. I mean, I, I always say, you know, somebody says, you know, why didn't God do this or why didn't he do that? I, I, you know, there's the famous line, you know, I don't know. He doesn't work for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's a, which know. is a good one, yeah. but I'm like, find myself going, okay, I yeah. don't understand. Yeah. I've had some real frank conversations where we're all, because he's a big boy. I mean, he can handle, you know, I don't understand. And that's what you're saying here. I mean, it's really about, okay, there's something larger <coughs> that we don't see. The timing can be just so different. And you don't get it now. Later, you you might look back and say, "Ah, you've got the understanding. now you understand yeah. that season yeah. in L.A." Right? You need faith when you understand. Right, but it's now. It's yeah. during it that you're kind of like, yeah. "Okay, I'm." Yeah. There's something I want to go back to Hope Refuge for a second. So th this working with the poor, w w w you know, this or, or or the the least or the struggling or the mm. 
it's such a powerful thing for us, I feel like. In fact, this morning, I, I didn't know anything about Carl Jung until this morning. I was researching him because um, I'd read this, this quote from him that he, he says, he says see, hopefully I get it right. He says, modern man does not find God because they're not looking low enough. That struck me this morning. And so I started reading about him, and he's a very interesting guy. He, somebody asked him, do you believe in God? He said, no, I don't have to believe. I know. I don't know where he was. He was uh, something says he was a pantheist or whatever. I don't even know what that is. But whatever the, whatever. But the quote caught me because I was like, wow, that's an interesting. Sometimes I feel like we're looking for God in all the wrong places. Like we think, you know, and, and not that he's, he's everywhere. But there's something about when he says, when you did this for the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. Jesus himself, like, so in terms of meeting God, maybe sometimes we're not looking low enough. In ter- Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Absolutely. I mean, we're so inspired by um, one of our friends and mentors, Heidi Baker, a dear, dear friend. And hi, that's, that's her. That's all, that's all she'll ever say is I learn from the poor. That's where I get fed and that's where I learn. That's where I find Jesus. That's where I find God. And until you step out and you're doing, you know, I mean, I remember when I first went to Africa and I've been to Africa, um, I spent a year there before I met Heidi, but when I went with Heidi, it was a whole, a whole, a whole nother level. But it's true, I found myself in Africa um, amongst the poor. And yeah, there's something amazing. Um, I have to say the demographic, you know, the girls, we work with minors who've been sex trafficked. So between 12 and 18 years old. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to be around a a child who's been forced to be a woman before her time and has been exploited in all the worst ways and, and not have your heart broken to the point that actually you really have to do, you really do have to question what is life all about? What, what matters? And, you know, talking about the rough times, you know, you said, you know, how do you keep going there? I remember when we let go of all our, because we were in the entertainment industry when we got called into this. And I remember when we fully stepped out up here in Santa Barbara to, to serve this population. And I remember thinking, what are we doing? We're crazy, we're leaving everything behind. We literally left our home, our house, our careers, everything. And here we were in the middle of nowhere in Santa Barbara. It's beautiful, but we're actually on a hill, like a remote setting, doing something we know nothing about. Just this whole crazy reality of what are we doing? But we knew that we knew that we knew we were meant to. And I just decided, you know what? I found my peace and I don't think I'm ever gonna be on my deathbed and regret going after the abolition of modern day slavery. I really don't think I will. And I stand to that to this day. I don't regret it. Yeah. Nearly killed me, but <laughs> I don't regret it because, and I, I know I never will when I make those decisions to serve the least of these, as you would say, yeah. you know, because yeah. it's who he is. It's who it's our who God is. is. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's an amazing thing that he's, people that need help, when you come alongside to help, they win and you, you win. win. Like it's a blessing. Win-win. It's amazing, like, yeah. interesting thing. Generosity is just such at the heart of God. And it, sometimes it's the opposite of like, okay, you're waiting for something. Okay, well, 
you could, you know, serve. Yeah. If you're, you know, I had a mentor one time tell me, if you're out of money, go give something away. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's just an opposite. It's yes. like opposite day in the kingdom of God. You know, it's like, well, now I wouldn't think of doing that. It's like, go find some clothes. Yes. That you, go find some clothes in your closet and go give them to somebody. Yeah. It's just a different way of thinking, yeah. different perspective. Okay, the prayer breakfast coming up. We're sitting here in Santa Barbara, California on August 31st, coming up at the Hilton Beachfront, 7.30 a.m. Uh, I think it's a Wednesday, maybe, morning. Uh, but santabarbaraprayerbreakfast.org is where you can go to find all the information. Sally is going to be the keynote speaker. Um, kind of the theme that we're working off of, that she's working off of, is Just As I Am, which is such a wonderful thing and a great song of course from the made famous at the Billy Graham Crusades um, how you doing with all this I'm excited and you, intimidated yeah, all at the same time I told time. her it's going to ruin her summer <laughs> you were right yeah you wake up you go to sleep thinking about it and you wake up thinking yeah. about it it's like my dad sitting over here did sermons on Sunday for 40 years I know how he feels a little bit now he's like you're always thinking about it yes. but, so what's on your heart for August 31st right now Right now, I'm constantly asking, Father, what's on your heart? I honestly am, because there's so many directions. I mean, I do quite a bit of speaking, and um, there's so many directions, because I know people want to hear the Hope Refuge story. People want to know, you know, what's going on? Why, do we, why are we doing what we're doing? And I can't wait to share that. Um, and I want to share just the amazing miracles that the Father has done all the way through. It's just been crazy crazy but the struggle too I think it's really important to share the struggle too it wouldn't be being real and authentic um, and what I've learned about the father in that in that space so that's that my heart is that people really leave feeling um, connected to their Heavenly Father in a deeper way and that their hearts will be more open to the process that God has them in because I think sometimes we can lose sight of the of we can get very caught up either in the future or with what we think should be happening or the problem or the struggle or whatever whatever it is, regardless of what they're doing. And it doesn't it just so happened with Hope Refuge, everything was extremely high stakes. So everything seems extreme. But we're all on this journey of faith. Yeah. And I feel like whatever's happening now is not a time filler. And God is not rejecting any single part of us. So now matters. Yeah. And it matters. I, you know, I, I came up with, just as I am, it came to me one morning just because it's just been really part of my journey of recognizing, wow, the Father, approaching the Father with truth in yeah. my innermost being is all of our journey. How do we really... Who, who, who am I, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's not like I think sometimes, you know, so we don't come to the Father, we just have blocks and we've taught, been taught wrong things or we've perceived something wrong and then we come to the Father with all these things that we think we should be or do. Yeah. Got to get all my repentance out, got to do all my confession, got to do all this, got to, you know. All of that is part of the journey, but it's out of this true core innermost place with the Father where I am Sally and he loves me for me. And learning how much he loves me allows me to start loving myself 
and I therefore love others. And so, I don't know, I'm hoping the father would just really wants to just release more of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm in the process. I've written it a couple of times, yeah. <laughs> as you said, I, I would. Um, but we'll, I'm excited to, sh to just share the great and the ugly yeah. and how the father is amazing through it all. Yeah. You know? SantaBarbaraPrayerBreakfast.org. You can get a table or you can get tickets, either way. But I would get them as soon as you can. Last year it was a full house. We're expecting that again. Um, SantaBarbaraPrayerBreakfast.org. Yeah, it's like when my boys, I think about my boys and girls too. I, I'm thinking about my boys right now because they're kind of a little younger and in that teenage phase and stuff. But when you're talking, I'm thinking about, okay, how I relate to them. Like, I see them on their best day. I see them with bad hair and bad breath and struggling. And I see, right. I see them in every right. weather, every climate, every situation. I see them after we win the big game. And I'm taking them to get a banana split when we lost a heartbreaker. Yeah. Like, it's both, right? Yeah. And as a dad, my love doesn't go up and down yeah. for them. My love is as much as it can be. Yeah. But what I, you know what I want from them? To tell me the truth. This is an interesting thing. Tell me, like when I ask them, if I, I can tell, you know, we can all tell with our kids. I can tell when something's going on. So I'll say, hey, what's going on? You all right? And that's my question. You all right? You all right? Um, and I love when they say, well, this, you know, when they tell me. I want to know. Why? Because I love them and I can help. <laughs> you know, like most situations, <coughs> I got a text the other day from DJ. The text is just, Dad, we have a problem. <laughs> like so I call him. An hour later, I solved it, right, as a dad, because I'm the dad, right? We can't always, you know, we're not God. But a lot of times I can help, right? I can help with this or that or money or this happens or this, or this morning is got to go to the chiropractor. We take, you know, like... We, so the father, the dad, I, I think that's the heart of God to say, tell me. Don't well, pretend I, like I, you're some I, religious I, guy. I actually think about that a lot with my son, too. I'm exactly the same. I, often, I think we learn a lot about the father's heart for us when we have our own children, right? Yes. We really do. Yes. But because God works with truth. Truth. He can work with that. So when we that's come, right. that's why we know his grace is sufficient and... There's something beautiful about the harder stories when we hear when people have got into themselves into a really hard situation and then, you know, making really bad choices and, the, you know, the prodigal son story. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? We all love the prodigal son story. But there's another son in that story, too, and it's the son who's in the house who, again, in the same way as the prodigal son, doesn't know his dad. Yeah. Yet he's working. Right. He's working hard and he's doing his thing. And I feel like... Um, as Western Christians, we probably fall more into that category. I think we can find ourselves in both, but we do. We fall into this place where we end up spending less time in the house, more time working, solving. And the way we know the intimacy has become less of the priority is when we see the son come back and the brother's response. Right. He's so offended. He's so angry, Dean. Yeah. I know that feeling, and that will be part of my story that I would share. I know that feeling is highly offended by a father who felt to me had abandoned me when I needed him most. And I, the offense was so strong. 
and I didn't even know it was there until this perfect fire of Herp Refuge. And this is the thing, this is why I just want to even encourage people who are listening now and just even you with what your situation you're in. You're in a perfect fire for you right now. Your storm that you're in, whatever visual God's giving you about the shaking, it is the perfect one for God to show up for you. And he's not creating this thing so that he can just somehow be God for you. No, this is just life has formed itself around you in this situation and God is with you in it, yeah. totally with you in it. And he wants, he wants to teach you how to grow up yeah. and overcome, right? Yeah. To be like him. Yeah. And how that, you can only do that in this relational process with the Father. So good. And so it's perfect good. for us. Each one of us is this perfect one. And what's interesting is the Father says to this older son, Son, don't you know you're always with me right. and everything I have is yours? Yeah. He doesn't say, don't you know I'm always with you and everything I have is yours. And it's seemingly an insignificant phrase, but the more I ponder that, the more I'm like, that is profound. It's about him yeah. and his nature, his security, what he stands on, who he is. We are always with him and of course, out of that, we feel he's always with us because he is, he's in us, he's around us, you know, he's one with us, everything. But it's because we're with him. So good. Takes the focus back to what it should be, this relational, trust is relationally earned and it's no different with the Father. He wants to relationally earn it with us. He doesn't need to, but he's put himself into this relationship. He doesn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. But he's chosen. I want to be in relationship with you, Dean. Yeah. Like you with your son. You're like, son, I don't have to be in relationship with you. You're a big grown-up boy. You can go right. and do your own life without me if you want. Right. But you, 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 want, you want to be connected, yeah. I know. Right. You just want to see him grow up and make awesome man choices and be like, yo! Yeah. 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 Anyway, you're getting me so passionate good. about subjects no, I love. I love but. So it's good. Last year you heard from the prodigal son and this year <laughs> the elder brother. Oh, so no. Dude. That's perfect, that's isn't it? Profound. So we got me out of the way, which is great. <laughs> um, well, we're out of time already, which is amazing. Sally Cook is something special. It's August 31st, 7.30 a.m. Be there. I'll be there. We'll give you a hug. Can't wait. Uh, Sally will give you a hug. Everybody will give you a hug. It's what we do. It's who we are. <laughs> Thanks, Sally. And get the book, too. It's great. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.